Welcome back to Ganker's Podcast, a show about gaming and ganking. We're not experts, but a few of us think they are. No shame in that, but thank you for joining us for our third episode. In today's episode, we want to talk about legendaries and World of Warcraft, specifically legendaries and classic, a little bit into TBC and Wrath because that's what's coming out in the classic era of Warcraft. And the latter half of our episode, we have went off on our own and created our own legendaries that we want to add back into classic WoW to improve the experience across the board. So today we have our normal host. Uh, one of us is not here today. He fell asleep, I think. Um, and we have our guys around the room jump in. Here we go. I don't think my uh, legendary item was actually going to improve classic, but I'm still pretty excited about it. Hey guys. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, as always, we have Brath Plantera viewing and potentially a special guest if he speaks up. So uh, let's get started. But, you know, um, we all know legendaries are a big deal in classic and classic is like I've said before is my first experience. Um, but you know, I want to just quickly go over for the audience that pretty much everybody already knows this, but there are some that people don't know about, which I learned about today. Um, but like, what are the, the legendary items starting in classic? Wow. I think somebody can take that away. Yeah. So um, of course we've got the, the bigger ones that everybody knows about, which of course is Thunder Fury, Blessed Blade of the Windseeker. And then you've got uh, Sulfurus, the Hand of Ragnaros. Um, while most people kind of know what those are, they've seen them built on their servers, you know, possibly even a few of you have them. Uh, one of the ones that I wanted to touch on today uh, is one that is no longer in the game. Only one person uh, actually managed to get this item. And then it was quickly taken out of the loot tables uh, from the game uh, very early on, and that was called the uh, Talisman of the Binding Shard. It was a uh, legendary neck piece that dropped inside of Molten Core, I believe off of Baron Geddon. It might have been had a chance f- from all the bosses, I'm not sure, as you know, that that's really not available information anymore. But uh, this was a, uh, a one-time deal that somebody got, and uh, it was a, a necklace. It had 13 strength, 5 agility, 8 stamina, but it also had dual resist on it, okay? So it had 24 fire and nature resist on it. And it also had an equipped proc, which uh, struck anybody in combat. It's kind of like a, a mini thorns. It did four nature damage to, any, to anybody that struck the wearer in combat as well. And uh, like I said, so only one person ever got this. And then uh, it wasn't even supposed to be in the game. So Blizzard quickly uh, changed the loot tables, took the item out of the game. But they allowed that one person who got it to keep it. So uh, he can actually boast that he is uh, the only person to ever <laughs> wield this legendary called the what, uh, Talisman of the Binding Shard. What class were they? Uh, I think it was a warrior. I think a warrior Ooh, got that, it. Maybe uh, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I want to say my like I want to say I thought it was a warrior, but I could be wrong. A thorn damage damage would be sweet on a paladin. Well, I mean, just the dual nature resist, you know, I mean, especially for the time that it was coming out in MC, you know, you get 24 fire and you also get 24 nature. I mean, that's a that's a good neck that you could even use, you know, into uh, AQ, you know. Yeah. Why, so, why, why did they get rid of it? I mean, I'm not point? sure. I don't I just think it was it wasn't intended to be in the game to begin with. It was something that an item they had played around with, thought it would be a, a good item maybe to have. But uh, I guess in the end, they just decided against it, and uh, it was just a mistake that it got left into the uh, initial loot tables. 
and they went back and corrected that. And uh, as, as soon they, as one dropped, pretty much. I was going to say, did they end up uh, deleting it from that character, or does he still have it? Um, I, I don't. I don't really know. Like, I don't know if I that character still I, exists, if he still has think, it or what. But I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, he could be a current player that still has the item sitting in his bank. You know, I mean, if I was him and I was still playing, of course, or him or her. And uh, if I was still playing, I would think that that would be one item that I would probably hold on to forever, considering that I would be the only one ever to be able to receive it. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, big bragging rights, you know. Absolutely. And then I guess the only other two legendaries in Classic WoW are the Scarab Mount and, well, the four different versions of Atiesh, I guess, or maybe more than one, more than the two, that is. I, yeah, I guess you're right. The Scarab Mount is a legendary. I, it I, is. I always, I always just look at it as a mount. Like, I almost overlook it as a legendary. That's kind of funny. Yep. Yeah, um, so the Black Scarab Mount, that was um, obtainable during the AQ opening quest line. Um, you had to farm and an extreme amount of these like materials as like a guild within a certain limited amount of time yeah i remember helping with that quest line a little bit you know we were there for like the first day and uh mm-hmm. we we were a, a guild that wasn't horde colluding so we got right. uh, we got wiped out pretty easily like i think how many how many shards well, or whatever do you think we got or like the the carapaces like maybe what like 300 400 something like that i can't remember we were doing yeah. okay but yeah, we had to spend all our time fighting. So oh yeah, we had people constantly yeah, trying to steal our bugs. <laughs> so we, the other the people that were had their time free to just farm, were just so far ahead of our would be scarab lord that he just eventually gave up. I don't blame him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I would have gave it more than a day. You know, I mean, I'm a little yeah, me too. Call, but... call me a little sour about it, but I mean, if if I was going for something like that and I had the backing of my guild, like my guild was out there actively trying to help me, I, I think I would have gave it more than a day, man. Because you know, in in all honesty, it's like once some of those front runners got there, there you was know, some got, time left. You know, most of the way through it, or almost all the way through it, there's still time to be able to get that, you know, it's not like it's over with in the blink of an eye. You still have time to be able to do it, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like I would have given it a little bit more of a shot than, uh, than what we gave. You know? Well, I can tell you yeah. someone who was guaranteed to not get it. I was actually kind of glad that we gave up quickly. Cause uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I only held for maybe three, four hours. Um, I, let's just say I got really bored really fast. So, <laughs> I mean, if, if we were really pushing for it, I, you know, as, as a guild, as a, like a collective, I definitely would have st- uh, stuck through to try to get the like 36,000 or whatever we needed. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of happy. We decided not to, that we kind of gave up after like the first day. I had a bone to pick with those guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, most I can say about that is like it kind of goes along the lines of legendaries are a guild effort. Like you know, oh, yeah. uh, like you need a guild to help you with that quest line, basically, to get that mount. So that's mm-hmm. a big deal. And clearly, guilds went above and beyond for certain people, and you know, colluded and did a bunch of bullshit <laughs> yep. and fucked it up for a lot of people. Um, you know, twenty k well spent, whatever. <laughs> uh, but you know that kind of leads me on next thing so we know about like ats thunder fury uh i'm still new to all of this most of these processes so like what i know t- in tbc's coming out soon the beta released uh today actually uh prior to this episode like a you know a few days ago um 
what uh, legendaries do we get to look forward to in like TBC? Is there anything new? Is like a single thing, multiple things? What's going on? So, yeah. So with TBC, you know, we're going to get a couple more legendaries coming into play. Now, these legendaries don't come into play until the much later phases, uh, you know, much later tier progressions. Uh, So the first ones that we're going to uh, come across is going to be the Warglaze of Azanoth. Now, these are dual Warglaves or swords. Uh, They can be wielded by either a rogue or a warrior, I believe, is the classes that can use them. Maybe hunters can. I'm not sure, though. But I thought it was just warrior rogue. But either which way, um, they're they're the best bet on a rogue, um, hands down. At least it was back then, because um, there's a there's a raid boss that comes up in uh, in the Sunwell called Brutalis, who was a uh, absolute roadblock, and a lot of guilds almost said it was required of you to have a uh, rogue uh, glaive rogue in order to uh, be able to power this boss down. So the Warglaze are a very uh, sought-after item, or items, I should say, because uh, obviously they're legendaries and everybody loves the orange, but um, their bonuses and stats, especially to fighting demons in the upcoming fights in Sunwell, are just absolutely uh, brutal. You know, I mean, they, they, they sport some of the highest DPS in the game as far as weapons go, and their uh, bonuses to damage for uh, demons and everything else, especially when you have the set of them is uh, just, just tremendous and, and almost a must have for a uh, very uh, progressed and dedicated guilds to go forward, especially in Sunwell. Uh, so they, they're awesome. One of the uh, other ones that we're going to come across will be uh, at the very end actually of uh, burning crusade. And that will be called Thordol, the star's fury. And this is a bow. And, uh, of course now rogues can use this item. I think anybody who can use a ranged weapon like that can use this item. Obviously it should be prior to hunters. Now, the reason that this bow should be prior to hunters above all others is because it does one miraculous thing that doesn't come into play for quite a while, uh, in world of Warcraft. And that is, is that this bow makes its own uh, ammo. So you'd no longer have to carry around ammo of any kind of, uh, as a hunter, or I mean, as any class really, but as a hunter, you don't have to carry your own ammo anymore. It generates its own, and uh, yeah, it's 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 brilliant. So I can tell you, as a hunter main, uh, sign me up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that. yeah, insane. yeah, yeah. Wow. So uh, yeah, there was a big controversy because uh, I think when it first came out, I think one of the first ones ended up going like one of the first guilds to get this legendary bow. They end up giving it to a rogue. No kidding. <laughs> of course they so, did. <laughs> so they gave this thing to a rogue. And it actually, I, I believe it caused like a little bit of a stir and everything uh, on the forums, you know, and, you know, I'm sure on Reddit, whatever. There was there was kind of like a like an uproar, you know, because it was like one of the first ones. To, I think it was like one of the first ones to drop. It was definitely the first one of that guild. And uh, they decided instead of giving it to a hunter, they gave it to this rogue and uh, what the reasoning was behind it and everything I, I'm not a hundred percent on, you know, so, but I know that it, it did cause uh, a little bit of commotion uh, cause it ended up going to a rogue first. So, uh, but yeah, definitely better in the hands of a hunter, especially just because, I mean, what hunter does not just fathom the idea of not having to carry around ammo anymore. Like, oh, and, yeah, and classic, yeah, it's it's it definitely sucks for you sure. Know, eats well, you still, you you still got to do it in TBC too, so yeah, it eats up an entire bag slot. It really sucks. 
And you have to constantly make sure that you have enough arrows. You know, it's, it's just kind of brutal. Like, even having to take care of your pet. You know, now you're you're taking up a couple uh, bag slots just for food to feed your pet. That kind of sucks. So, I mean, having a bow, legendary or not, that makes its own arrows would be fantastic. What if you had to lose Fane Death for it? Oh, then it wouldn't be worth it. Are you kidding me? I love Fane Death. We, if I see any trouble at all, I Fane Death immediately and I run. Do you think I you do spent... the same thing with my rogue. I'll go around the corner and, uh, and vanish. Do you think you spent more on arrows or would have saved on repair bills? Uh, oh, I mean, I definitely, at this point, I probably spend more on arrows, especially with how expensive dense stone is right now or was. Like, it was costing me upwards to like, uh, like eight gold per stack of 200. It was just, yeah, I was getting a little bit ridiculous there. Yeah, it was getting crazy when when Nox was just new on the on the rise. Prices went absolutely crazy on arrows and everything. I've, now, we just got to the bow. I'm, I'm sure there's more, right? There's got to be more. I'm not sure there is. No, actually, there isn't. Uh, so the only two that are going to be coming out are those. Now, you do, as far as legendary items go, now you will get to pick up a few of them in the raid called uh, Tempest Keep. So the last boss fight in there, you know, spoiler alert. Okay, so uh, the last boss in there is, uh, you know, uh, Kelthos Sunstrider. Uh, the leader of the Blood Elves. He has joined Illidan and his forces in the Outland in order to try to save his people, or so he believes. Uh, So the last boss fight is him inside of Tempest Keep. Uh, During one of his many phases, I believe he has like four different phases we have to go through. Anyways, so uh, during one of these, he summons these weapons that come out to uh, as part of it. We have to uh, knock these weapons down and uh, pick some of them up because uh, the mechanic of the fight requires the use of some of these items in order to uh, defeat the boss. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to be as vague as I can, so I'm just not trying to ruin anything for uh, everybody. So, but, uh, but you will end up picking these weapons up and they are legendaries. Okay. So they will have, you know, uh, increased effects and and specific effects relevant to the fight. Now they are legendary weapons, but they're not something you can take out of the raid. You know, they're a one-time use type of thing. Like you can use them during the raid while you're fighting the boss. But after that, you leave the raid. They disappear. The, the, I think, I, yeah, they disappear once you leave or after a certain amount of time in there. Like if you wipe and everything else, of course, they, they disappear. So, so not legendaries that you get to keep, but legendaries that you get to use. Yes. Um, but as far as when Burning Crusade comes out, yeah, the only legendaries that come out are the Dual War Glaze of Azanoth and, uh, for Black Temple. And then, of course, uh, Thordal, Star's Fury, the bow which comes out of uh, the Sunwell. And that's, yeah, that's the only two actual permanent legendaries that uh, come out of Burning Crusade. Yeah. Uh, what was that plant? Yeah, so there's a, during the Atiash quest line, there's a conjured legendary just like that. You have to like cleanse the Atiash towards the end of the quest line and you fight the demon and you have to get a warrior to disarm the demon. And he'll drop a sword on the ground, which you can then pick up, and it's a legendary. It has ridiculous stats, and it's again, it's a conjured item, only lasts in the instance, and then it's gone. Adonius is the, it's a sword. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I don't want to get too crazy into obtaining and stuff for, for TBC, but I know just quickly, like, or what do we have to expect from you know? 
I don't know however long it's going to take, but if they do a classic wrath, which I think would be the end, um, is there anything there? Yeah. So in, um, so for, uh, for this, uh, for wrath, there comes in, uh, I think it's two, yeah, two legend, two more legendaries come into play. Uh, one of them is called shadow Morn. Okay. This is a, a DPS two handed ax that um, is usable by, I believe, warriors, paladins, and death knights. Um, you have to complete a, a you know a pretty good uh, lengthy quest line, uh, gathering several items uh, along the way in order to complete this, as well as completing uh, some of the uh, Ice Crown Citadel raid. So, uh, and also like, just kind of like, uh, Sulfurus where you had to actually build the, uh, the epic hammer first and then combine it to get the legendary. This is the same way with the shadow Morn. you will have to have a, uh, certain weapon and then a lot of the, um, raid components and things like that in order to obtain the weapon. Uh, so, and yeah, that is for Death Knights, Paladins, or Warriors who reach a certain uh, rep- reputation with uh, one of the uh, factions inside of Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, the other one that is there is a Healing Mace, actually, that comes out of the raid for um, Old War. And that's going to be called Valinar. And it's uh, Valinar, Hammer of the Ancient Kings. It's a one handed mace. Uh, that's put together over the course of um, the uh, raid and uh, you gathering kind of like a kind of like a tish you're going to be gathering fragments of this you have to get 30 of them from the bosses inside of old war and just like a a tish they're not guaranteed to drop you know you have to put them together slowly over time Uh, and once you do that then of course you have to uh beat the final boss of the raid, throw the hammer into his mouth. Kind of like the uh, Nixia fight where uh, you, when you're forging Coil Sorar, you got to throw it in front of her, let her breathe on it. Well, something just like that, whenever he's casting one of his spells, you have to have it in front of him. So it like absorbs the power of it. So it's, it, it's, it's a lengthy quest line again. And uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing mace though. It uh, does an amazing uh, heal on effect ability which uh, it causes like, um, uh, let me see if I can find it. Blessing of the Ancient Kings for 15 seconds allows your heals to shield the target absorbing damage equal to 15% of the amount healed. And so that's in just, as you heal, it just keeps refreshing that. So it's, it's quite, quite useful, especially in the hands of like a discipline priest whose shields are already super high uh, absorbed. Sounds like a druid item. <laughs> well, it can be used by paladins, priests, shamans and druids so all the healing classes are eligible to get this and it's a one-handed mace so it's not a not the traditional you know take up both slots you're going to be able to use an offhand with this which makes in my opinion makes this legendary uh one of the better ones i actually got to use this on my priest and i had this on my priest going through here uh the on the, the first time through wrath it is an amazing item an absolutely amazing item Sounds like a diamond flask set item. <laughs> Can you dual wield those? <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, same <laughs> same way, like it's always been one legendary equipped per character. You know, 
It's just the way it is, I guess. Oh, wait, that's a restriction? It is. Yeah, even in retail to this day, your character can only wear one legendary item. So, didn't you say in TBC the war, their war glaze were Yes, blurred? now they are a set. That's a special case, okay? So, they okay. also did this in Legion as well. Uh, when Legion came out, there were dual daggers, dual swords, things like that that were part of what they would consider one legendary item right so like the warriors could switch it between two-handed swords a two or yeah two two-handed swords one one-handed sword and a sword and shield right well that was the same thing it was it, it adapted to whatever spec you were at so for for rogues and stuff it was dual daggers or dual swords. i see okay that yeah that makes sense then okay now um real quick though you know uh legendaries are obviously a big deal in the game uh, and I think they did, it sounds like they smoothed the process out a little bit for some of these, made more sense. But I know in Classic, it's uh, kind of weird. So, like, from my experience, it's, like, really easy to get a Legendary or super, super fucking tough. Um, so it's and, all RNG-based, right? Pure RNG. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, so, like, with TBC, you know, that doesn't get addressed either, unfortunately. So... It's all RNG based. You may get one Warglaive, but you may never see the other half. Or the thing is, you may get three of one and never see one of the other. And then it, it, it's completely RNG based. Same way with Thordal, Star's Fury. You know, you it's it's all RNG based. They didn't really address that problem. I feel moving forward from Classic to TBC, they left the chance of getting these items way too low. I understand they're legendary, so they should be, you know, sparse, but the way that, I mean, it's just, it's just a simple drop. That's all it is. In TBC, there's no like extra quest line or anything like that. It's a drop. That's it. There's well, no think, like going out and building one or doing this, that, and another. It's a drop. And that's it. The, that's the only way you the get problem it. problem with a drop based is it's a little bit exaggerated when you're, you got to build two, you get two with the drop, like for the bindings or for the glaives, it just kind of, yeah, exaggerates the problem. Cause now you got to get lucky twice. Not just exactly. And not yeah, just lucky. Be- you got to get powerball lucky. Like you have a better chance sometimes. I think that like getting dual, putting the dual war glaives together, I think you got a better chance of hitting like a high Texas powerball than you do to, <laughs> to actually put these two weapons together. I raid when I was raiding through this, we, Saw one Warglaive. We cleared Black Temple weekly for months and months and months and months and months and months before Wrath ever came out, right? So we were in there month and month and month. Even when we had Sunwell on farm, we would go back and try to get the other half of that of that Warglaive for this rogue. And man, we spent better part of six months and we never even saw another drop not even the main hand again. And, you know, it moving into some and stuff. I mean, like I was saying before, a lot of these guilds, like they almost required, it almost requires you to either play almost perfect during this boss fight. And some of the ones after it in order to beat them without having a glaive rogue, like it was that important to some guilds. Um, I mean, some, you know, some of the other ones, obviously they could do it without it, but how many of these guilds are that coordinated to get through it? most of them are going to need some really big pumper in order to carry them through a fight like that. And and it's no shame, you know, I mean, this is what all guilds pretty much do with it. They get one rogue 
or one person who's the most dedicated or whatever highest DPS, you know, whatever your criteria is to give the person this item. But once they get one, you're giving them the other. Like that's, that's the commitment that you have to go ahead and make because it'd be no sense to split them up. Right. So they're, cause they're so much power, more powerful together. They're a set, you know? So yeah, when you're given this item out, you know, in the future, when you're, when you're looking at your raid and stuff like that, you got to make sure that, you know, you're putting this in the hands of somebody that's going to be there all the time that knows, you know, that now it's pretty much on them for, for some of these bosses. It's like, you've got to be here. You've got to pump or we're going to fail. And you have to, you know, you have to give that to somebody who can shoulder that and be cool with it and actually know how to, to pump with them. So talking uh, about the yeah. frustrations of trying to get the war glaze is really reminding me of where we're currently at. Where have I heard that trying story to get the bindings before? Yeah. For Thunder Fury. Well, I mean, you know, one thing I want to note on is like, you know, some of these items are like kind of like somewhat game changers for raids. I know that it feels like, you know, like having specifically in classic, like a Thunder Fury in your raid is like a morale boost almost along with its like debuffs and whatnot. It's, it, you know, yeah, so has it, that, it's, a, that. it's a big symbol, right? So it, every one of these legendaries is like a symbol, you know, because there's, they're, they're hard to obtain. And like you were saying earlier, it, it takes a guild, right? It takes a guild to make these items. It takes a guild to get there and get these items, right? So it's never just one person. So these are a status symbol for the guild too, right? That's what it comes down to, not just for the individual player, but it comes down to this is status symbols for our guild. We have the, we have this many Thunder Furies. We have this many Hands of Rag. Now, you know, we just added uh, an, an, a Tish to our lineup, you know, things like that. So these are all status symbols, more or less. People look at your guild and think more highly of it or think that you're doing better if you have more of these things in your guild. They see more of your players with these things. It, it, it kind of attributes it to like your guild is doing well, so to speak. Yeah, I can I can agree more. Uh, the the one thing I just wanted to add is, not only does it make you know the, the the guild look better and the raid look better, but for the the warrior or the tank or whoever has the thunder fury, I, I kind of feel like on a PvP server, it definitely puts a target on their back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's just like it's so iconic. Obviously, it's really flashy. It pops up there, but you know if it's like a tank, it's like their your main tank. People know, oh hey, this person is their main tank. And, you know, there's been a lot of uh, dispelling going on lately, you know, in, in the major cities and stuff. I can't even imagine how much worse dispelling is on those people that have Thunder Fury. You know, like they have to like port to Darnassus or Ironforge, fly somewhere, lose their PvP immediately, hearth to storm. You know, it's just it, it's pretty crazy to, to, to uh, you know, to think about. Um, but uh, no, I, I just Thunder Fury as a weapon, like as a whole, just it's very iconic. Obviously, most people that started playing a tank probably wanted to start tanking so they could get thunder fury and uh you know we we've definitely been uh very frustrated over the last like 10 months you know we we've had multiple bindings drop but they're all you know all the same and uh you know we we currently run weekly to try to get two people there thunder furies we, you know both of them have the different have the the uh, the different bindings so like one needs gar one needs baron and we can't even get one of those to drop anymore. <laughs> you know, we've been at it for months. So very frustrating. That kind of leads me into my next sec- uh, uh, question, um, which we can also touch on ATS about this. But like how 
in your opinion, would you improve that process of getting something like a Thunder Fury? Now, I think they improved it a bit with ATS. While it's still RNG, it's so much more obtainable. Like I see, I feel like I'm seeing more ATSs Agreed. popping up than there are Thunder Furies. Because yep. Thunder Fury is just pure RNG. It's horrible. And it's either like you just get super lucky. Um, it's like there's there's going to be a tank in Classic somewhere that got Thunder Fury like in two lockouts. Because that's just RNG. Then you have someone like us. Lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, or just two of the same bindings. Or you have somebody like us who've been running for over a year and we've hadn't seen shit. So like what like what would you do to in this case, like to improve something like a Thunder Fury and, and Molten Core? Yeah, I think that the Ash is definitely where it's at. I got to celebrate forty times while collecting each of those forty splinters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been so happy for you, man. I'm really glad that you got it. I mean, we got to kill KT, but well, kill KT, not quite there yet. <laughs> I mean, as one so, of the people who have been, uh, hey, angry BCP here, as one of the people who've been uh, struggling with this for the past, I think, over a year now. I think I got my binding in uh, March, I would say, and it's probably been about a, about a year now that, um, you know, running MC week in, week out, and still haven't seen the second binding. Um, I think one major way to improve that would be to, like, you know, but a, like a, you'd, you'd get a token every time you kill a certain boss and you have to get 25 tokens, like 25 kills, right? So that's about six months and you're guaranteed to get it if you have that dedication, you know, killing that boss, you know, 20 times, 25 times, whatever that number makes sense that you at least are guaranteed something or to get that item if you put in the time. Now, you, they don't have to take off the RNG part. Well, you, you, this item can drop but uh can drop at any time but then you can still you know if it doesn't for example you can still get that token and give that token to that tank uh or that warrior or that rogue that wants it um and then you know after 24 25 kills on that boss then you're guaranteed to get it now i do want to note that uh, angry pcp sounds a little down the dumps because we're talking about thunder fury <laughs> it really <laughs> bothers him but we're all right there with you, buddy. We're, you know, like I feel every time it doesn't drop, I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, it just become <laughs> it just become a you know it just become um it's a part of the weekly routine, right? You just get disappointed that it's it hasn't dropped, but then you're again just hopeful that it's gonna happen at some point. You know, the game is about to be over. You know, face we're towards the end of phase six. The 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 PTR is out today or uh, a few days ago, and. Um, um it's just it's just nice you know just to kind of complete the set you know um killed all the bosses and you know got the best loot from the game and kind of beat the game in 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 a sense um i'm like i'm i think i'm gonna keep doing this until that second binding drops and i'll be right there with you that's the best part (laughs) um but yeah i mean that that could work I, i don't see why not i mean a blizzard did do different things in classic they changed things you know it's not it is not vanilla clearly and i think that would be a fair solution um to just like tokens or and that way like you could get really lucky and get your thunder for your early or you're guaranteed it with hard work i don't i think yeah. that would be a fine solution um yeah i mean I think that, that would work is just uh but then <clears throat> but my only thing about that would be is like okay so Anybody that runs this certain dungeon or boss, they keep killing it and they get these tokens. So you're going to have pretty much everybody on the server running around with a Thunder Fury, right? 
because eventually everybody's going to be able to get these tokens that they keep staying with it. The tokens drop, they get it. And then you're going to have pretty much every warrior on the server is going to have a thunder fury. And then the mystique of it is lost. The appeal of it is down because now it's in everybody's hands. It's not, you know, we no longer have a thunder fury tank. We, we just have a tank. Right, because now the, the 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 value of it, and while the the weapon wouldn't change itself, right, so the weapon would still be as effective and as good as it is, right, but the appeal would go down because if anybody could just grab this weapon, it wouldn't be legendary, would it? It would be common. It would be yeah. just your running the mill epic. I mean, from 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 a viewpoint of you know looking at it like I'm looking at it, it's just like legendaries are supposed to be hard to get. We say we've had bad luck with them, okay? And I agree, we haven't had the best of luck. We haven't had the worst of luck either, guys. Like, let's remember that we have already built how many Thunder Furies in this guild? Two, two of them, right? We've built two. How many uh, Thunder Furies? Huh? We built three. I think we three. actually built three or four. Okay, so yeah, we've built three, and then how many Sulfurous Hand of Rags have we built? Two, right? Two, yep. So, so in total, Whoa. guys, in a, as a guild goes, we've had five legendaries built in this guild alone. Right, but a how sixth many on the way. Last? Right, a sixth on what, the way. So, but as most guilds go, man, most guilds don't see that many legendaries. On average, most guilds see one, two. We've seen and are about to put together a sixth. That's actually quite a few, if you think about it. Now it's not in the hands of the people that we wish it was, and some and most of those people, if not all of them, are gone from the guild. But the truth of it is, is that we actually have had some pretty decent luck as a guild, as a whole, on getting legendaries and putting them together. Five, almost six now. That's a lot, guys. Like when we're gonna go through BC and stuff, do you think that we're gonna have every rogue with with a set of glaives and every Every hunter with a thortle? No, man. We we might we might put one set of glaives together. No, Maybe we if we're lucky. But it's or you know, we might get a bow or two. But the thing of it is, is like even going through BC, we're gonna have to wait till almost end game to even see these legendaries even be available to us. And then by the time that if they go by the same timelines, by the time Wrath's gonna wanna the classic Wrath is gonna wanna roll out if that so happens. We might have one set of glaives, maybe a bow, and we, that's going to be a huge success. Two legendaries that's huge. Like, I, I mean, I know, angry, I know your pain, man. You, you want to put this weapon together so bad. I'm going to be in your position come TBC because there's only one set, there's, there's one set of legendary I haven't had, and that is the war glaives. And that is my, like, you know do all buster go home type of type what i want so i'm going to be right there with you i know the pain that's going to be coming unless i just get super lucky and unfortunately you haven't gotten lucky several of our tanks in the guild haven't gotten lucky but a few have several players have gotten lucky and uh you know to put together almost six legendaries as a guild i think that's that's pretty good guys like it really is it's pretty good and i mean i i feel for I feel for you angry. Like I really do. And I feel for everybody that, you know, had aspirations of trying to get a legendary. But um, as far as our guild goes, man, like we really did get, you know, fairly lucky to be honest. Yeah. Um, I know plant, you were trying to pop in at some point. What was that? You're going to, yeah, just, you just got to weigh that against the fact that we had four teams running at one point, four raid teams. So you kind of can say we got lucky, but, 
it's yeah. we had a lot of attempts going at one time. It wasn't as if like, a lot of guilds only run one team, two teams. Yeah, at one point we had four raids going, yeah. so I agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but then, but then the the question is, um, when you make an item uh, with such an advantage that it could alter the gameplay, right? You mentioned about the Wogleaves, and 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 a lot of guilds are kind of requiring it because of this boss. Um, then, then you know, you put RNG as the 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 like the determiner the, 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 what what I'm looking for, like the determining factor to um you know succeed at the game or you know gain that significant edge at the game and i feel like to some extent that is unfair now if this item was um was not so you know game altering or you know if it was just some some item that will give you the bragging rights right like that like the um the mount the mount right so that that mount yeah you will get that bragging right it's not going to change your game then I think that makes a lot more sense. Now, you know, um, I feel that you can, you know, if if one token would drop per raid, right, or per boss kill, you know, for that raid, for one item, and, you know, you need six months of grinding it, then, you know, that's a lot of time and dedication put on it. It's not like, it's not a an easy, um, it's not an easy task, right? You have this one person who's running this raid for six months, seven months, whatever it is, at the end of it, they are guaranteed to get it, and I feel like that makes you know that makes a little bit more sense um, than just put it completely in the hands of RNG. Uh, there's a little bit more control to it um, than, than than that. I, I understand that it would take away from it from the um, from the uh, you know achievement or from the fact that it's a unique item, but but you can counter that by raising the bar on it you know so at least at some point towards the end of it if you've de- if you've dedicated that much then you would you would you would uh, be able to get it at the end you know yeah what's that viewing uh yeah like i don't know about the token thing you know kind of circling back to that real quick um but i i almost would double down on like add tiesh as far as thunder fury maybe maybe have it where each boss has a chance to drop like a shard and you need like 40 or 50 of them um you know maybe it has like a 10 percent chance to drop because at the end of the day it's like you know we're getting i don't know if we're just being like incredibly lucky with the shards but i don't think that's the case because i'm saying like like we were saying earlier we're seeing a lot of ats just show up like just all of a sudden just pop 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 you know it's like oh we got our second ats you know because people have been clearing 15 to 15 max you know since week one um you know we're we're at three four months in now so it, it would make sense that they're they're completing two some people get really lucky, you know, with the with the bindings um, with Thunder Fury, where you know they, they go one uh, one lockout and they get all three legendaries. They get you know the two bindings and the uh, the thing from uh, from Ragnaros, which is absolutely insane. Um, you know, some people, you know, like a Holy Paladin rolls in there and within a month happens to get Thunder Fury, gets both bindings, and then there's other groups, you know, unfortunately like you, Angry, who last year around March, around this time, you know, gets your first binding. Um, after uh, we completed someone else's by, uh, a Thunder Fury. And uh, we've been basically every single week going back and not getting it. And I, I just think it would make, in my opinion, it would make more sense to just have it be like, you know, 50 shards or something that you have to collect in Molten Core and every single boss has a chance to drop it. Maybe yeah. with having Ragnaros, you know, having like two percentage more chance to drop or something, you know, but still having it where at the end of the day, if you put in the time, if you put in like a year, 
you would have to just be the most unlucky person at like to to not get it at some point. You know what I mean? But at the same time, the, the I, I don't I don't want I like I wouldn't want to see Thunder Furies all over the place. It would kind of just make Thunder Fury like meh, like whatever. Um, yeah, and I but, think I think I think I really agree with something like that, where to, to, to curb it, where everybody could just have one, basically, is like if if you could time it with the releases, like how how long did it take to get to next? You know, have a year of classic or something, basically. So basically, it, you could up it to eight nine months of shard collecting, where like an individual player has to collect like nine months worth of shards to create thunder fury that would prepare his raid for Nax. It would have to be a dedicated raid, giving this one person shards the entire time that would guarantee them that extra thunder fury, assuming they didn't get it off of RNG already, you know, stuff like that, which means if I think if it was that strenuous, like you wouldn't see them all the time because, because who, what individual player is going to be able to collect shards week in week out for nine months, you know, the raid would have to give it to him. And I think, you would see an influx of a lot of Thunder Furies at that very end, the, you know, um, like that one month where people are completing it. You'd see like an extra 30, 40 or however many are popping up at that time. But then it would just level off again because there's a new round of shards and it takes a whole another nine months to do it again um, because it's like preparing the raid for Nax, basically. What's up, Plant? Yeah, I just wondered uh, what Angry thinks of the Atiyash approach where it's kind of in the middle. Some RNG, but some guaranteed amounts. Well, not guaranteed, but you will well, get lucky. guaranteed off the, the bosses, though, right? The uh, the base and the, the head piece, right? Right, yes. RNG's off of that. But the uh, the splinters is still RNG, just broken into many little... You can only See, get I, so I, I agree with, kinda with that. I agree that, like, what he said about... Um, more of like the pieces coming together. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like the, uh, Atish, like I, I think the way they did Atish was probably the best one, obviously, because, uh, it allowed you on every boss to get like angry was talking about a, a token, uh, that eventually you could put together to make the weapon. To me, that makes a lot of sense. Like I, I feel like they did that one right. And, and they didn't really get it right again until wrath. Like they 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 went back to the RNG system in TBC, and I feel that was a mistake. And then with Wrath, they went back to the token system. You had to get thirty fragments, just like you know with a teach, you got to get the forty. So and 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 it works because it, it you're always feeling like you're gaining something if you're going after this item. It gives you that sense of you know of uh of wonder kind of you know like you're like oh my god okay i got another shard oh i got another shard i got another shard here we go here we go you know i'm getting close i'm getting close and it, and, it, and it feels better than damn no binding again damn yeah it's like no a small again. victory every single split there just tiny little yeah yep. so it, it, it helps the person who's actually going after it not feel like they're just spinning their wheels so to speak you know they like they're putting all this energy and effort into it and they're never seeing anything for it because RNG gods just absolutely hate them or, or, you know, it's just not in the stars, whatever the case is. But with the system that they put in place with the Atish and then skipping ahead, the system they put in place with the Valinar uh, were, were great. Like they, they, they revolved around uh, not only a guaranteed couple pieces, but then they also 
revolved around a little RNG getting a piece that could be dropped off of each and every boss though. So, you know, it was just like each boss you had, a you know, you were getting closer, you're getting closer or had a chance to. Whereas with the RNG, it's just like, you know, you just cross your fingers, close your eyes, pray, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, I, I just think, you know, leaving that up to chance, pure low chance is not the best solution. And it's the, the small ones make a lot of sense and uh, it can be very frustrating, but to level out that frustration, I want to transition us into our last segment of the podcast. We're about 45 minutes in. We might go over a little hour today, depending on how excited we get. But um, if, if you had the opportunity to rewrite some of the rules, rewrite some stuff and potentially add a new item to classic wow specifically classic wow a new legendary and we're we're talking details we're not talking just like i would add a, a dagger i want to know the the stats of this dagger i want to know what it's called i want to know a little bit of the lore behind it you know any extra stuff and i also want to know how you get it whether it's what phase it is start to finish everything um so what you're going to do is you're going to go through your item you're going to tell us how you get it first like where does it start um, um, you can go ahead and tell us the name it's called so-and-so everybody already knows the name most of the time. And, um, uh, and at the very end, when you obtain the item, after you've told us the backstory and stuff, you can tell us the stats. So leave the stats towards the end. But, um, I don't want to go first cause I made these goddamn rules, but, uh, does anybody want to volunteer and show off their item first? Like what legendary item would you add to classic? Wow. If you had that opportunity, I mean, if everybody's nervous, I'll go first. Okay, so I, I, I've I've I put a little whatever zing on this. Uh, I gave it. I gave something. Uh, I gave an item that's actually already in the game, um, not as a legendary though. Uh, it will be coming out in TBC. But the reason that I feel like this was a big, I feel like this weapon was a big miss on Blizzard's part. Okay. Uh, this weapon that I'm talking about uh, is probably uh, one of the most well known weapons uh, in the Warcraft universe. Uh, it, it has made its impact felt, you know, not only from the beginnings of the game, but, uh, you know, through. Through and through, you know, almost all the way up into current classic, this particular weapon has not only been mentioned, but feared. And I feel like Blizzard really missed on this one when they introduced it into TBC. So what I want to do is reintroduce an, a weapon, but I want to give it legendary status. Okay, so this is this is the this is the weapon that I chose. Okay, and I went back and I was thinking about this pretty hard. So I'm going to redo the two-handed axe. Gorehow. Reason for that, okay? So this this Gorehow is the Hellscream family axe, right? So the 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 orcs of the Hellscream family. This has been passed down from generation to generation. Uh, the lore behind this weapon is is that the hearts of six grown, which are giant mountain dragon slaying beasts, were infused and sealed within the blade. Um, you know this axe. People have talked about this axe for a while. This axe was used to slay the demigod Cenarius. It was used to slay the pit lord Manoroth, which facilitated the orcs' escape from Outland. This axe is one of the most feared and notorious weapons 
to ever grace Azeroth and beyond. Like this is one of the most deadly weapons ever come in. And that's why I feel like Blizzard missed on this weapon, not making it legendary because the history behind this axe, the lore behind this axe, what this axe has done, what this axe has seen is legendary just on its own. And one of the things about this axe, and eventually a little, you know, forward and hit and, and forward through time, this axe was also used to kill Karn Bloodhoof. Okay. So, and then also this weapon, Gorehound, it got its name because it's got notches on the top of the blade, which when it was swung, it whistled kind of. And it was such a loud whistle, it was even considered its war cry. And that is essentially how the axe was named. Um, so in order to get this weapon, what you would have to do is you would start back in the Swamp of Sorrows. Everybody knows this NPC pretty well. It's the hero of the Horde, right? The ghost who stands on the border between the Swamp of Sorrows and the Blasted Lands. So what better NPC to hold this quest than one that may have passed you know, Grom Hellscream himself as he, you know, coming through the portal. Um, so what you're going to be required to do is gather special materials such as demon bones, orc bones, elemental sharpening stones, and lots of Arcanite bars in order to reforge the hilt and blade of this weapon. You must bring it to the master orc blacksmith who resides in the ba Badlands who will reforge you a new axe out of the materials and the old blade itself. In order to activate, he will give you a reforged axe. He will also tell you in order to reactivate the grown hearts within some equal creatures of Azeroth, six of the elite giants, he must also kill in single combat and bathe the axe in the hearts in order to seal in the magic. Once this is done, you bring the bring the blade back to the orc blacksmith to get a blood infused axe. From there becomes the greatest challenge that you will face, and you must face this as a forty man raid as you go back to the blasted lands to face Lord Kazakh, and you must kill the Doom Lord with the axe to seal the enchantment and receive your legendary Gorehound. God damn. <laughs> for its for its stats, I have it at item level 96, which puts it a little high. But it is a two-handed axe with a speed of 3.7. It does 313 to 483 DPS for I mean 300 or 483 damage for a combined total of 105.85 DPS. It grants you 41 strength, 20 stamina, 2% crit chance. And then its legendary effect is a chance on hit to trigger bloodlust. What that does is you gain 10 AP, which stacks 10 times for 6 seconds on, on when in bloodlust. It also increases the damage you do by 3% for 6 seconds, stacks 3 times. It's been, But its downside is, is that you lose 3% of your hit point every second while under the effects of bloodlust. And it also causes you to take 15% more damage from all sources it bleeds a, a the axe's animation will bleed like a um it, it basically bleeds you know it's a, that's the effect that it has it looks like it is always bleeding 
And when it swings, you can hear its war cry. So, like I said, I, I really feel like with all the history and stuff behind this axe, I feel like Blizzard missed it. And just really, you know, they kind of put it as a just a, a kind of like a normal weapon almost. But for everything that it's done, I mean, the, the, the things it's killed, the people it's killed. I mean, this 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 weapon is like, I mean, it was probably like the wet dream of every orc growing up. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't see how that this weapon did not become a legendary. So if I had my choice, this is the weapon that would become legendary for classic. Damn. Is that like a, like a horde kind of thing basically then? I mean, it could be, I thought about that, but um, I didn't limit it to that. So just kind of like any of the weapons that can be put together in classic. um, If you're of the right level in in the right class, obviously one of them that can use a two handed ax. I feel like it could be available to, to both because uh, the hero of the horde alliance can also speak with and get a quest from too. So I figured that gotcha. was a perfect NPC since he was already kind of uh, integrated that way to be able to talk to both sides. That he would be the perfect NPC to kind of facilitate that due to his location and everything else too. Cool. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, that yeah, would be you, like. I mean, it sounds like it would be a big grind to get too. I mean, so you really thought about that? Oh my god, <laughs> my legendary is nothing <laughs> anywhere near that. <laughs> Speaking I was of trying to let y'all go first, man. I mean, speaking of your legendary viewing, what'd you come up with? Oh boy. Okay. So, uh, my legendary is kind of more of a trolley item, uh, which is totally fine. Um, it definitely is nowhere near as in depth as, uh, as brass there. That was absolutely insane. Well done. I was just sitting there like totally like, just like mesmerized by all the shit, like all the lore you you were talking about. I, I mean, like, he was reading it off icy veins, clearly. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> off no, no not off icy veins. veins no <laughs> footnotes that I've taken from like uh, just like looking up the history of it. But yeah, 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 for sure. No, I was like, it sounds like it's an actual thing. <laughs> That's a problem, uh, right? <laughs> well, but, well, it is. See, so Gorehow is it's an actual item that was in the game used by Grom Hellscream, right? So, but all I did was just take it and like kind of remake it and 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 give it the status it deserves in my opinion yeah. i'm sorry go ahead yeah yeah, go ahead, go ahead. yeah okay so um <laughs> nothing quite as crazy as that um so i was thinking about having a trinket um called the uh azerothian earrings right and so it doesn't give you any stats but the effect is it allows you to understand the opposing faction for 30 seconds on a five minute cooldown and <laughs> i mean i think as, as someone who goes and i sit on the booty bay yeah. quite a bit and i gank people and stuff like that like sometimes i would like to to, to see i know that there's a toy or like i'd like to see or like listen in and see what people are saying um i know i think there's a toy um in in uh in retail wow that does something similar to that um but anyway this would be really fun and classic in my opinion and so what I was thinking that it, what, what you'd have to do to get these earrings, this trinket, is uh, you would start off um, as an alliance in either Goldshire or the Horde would start off at Bloodhoof uh, Village. And basically what you'd have to do is you talk to like a level one uh, character and you have to go and kill every single raid boss in the game. And then you have to collect 100 uh, crystallized fragments from each of the bosses. So obviously not each boss drops 100, but throughout the entirety of Classic, you would be trying to collect these crystallized fragments. And so at the end, after you've killed every single raid boss, and that does include, you know, some of the optional ones, you know, like an AQ-40, um, even, uh, you know, uh, ZG and AQ-20, I'm going to require you to kill each one of those once. 
And then throughout uh, the, the entirety of Classic, you would just keep killing until you got your 100 crystallized fragments. Um, each boss would have about 10 to 15% chance to drop uh, up, upwards of two fragments. Um, basically, what would happen is once you collected your 100 fragments and killed every single boss, you'd go back to that guy. He wouldn't be there. There'd be somebody else that, that would tell you, oh, you need to go to an undisclosed location. And once you figure out where that's at, Alliance would go somewhere um, in the Barrens and the Horde would go somewhere in Westfall. Uh, you'd have to run over there and you would bring, obviously, you'd bring your 100 uh, fragments. And once you find the quest giver, wherever he happens to be um, in those two areas, uh, basically, he you show uh, that you, you like proved your worth and that you're strong enough because you have these these hundred uh, fragments. Basically, what you have to do after you talk to him, he goes, "Sweet, one more quest. Get an entire raid or multiple raids. You got to go kill um, for Alliance. You have to go kill Thrall, and for the Horde, would have to kill Bolvar. Once you kill him, uh, you come back to him, and he would give you the earrings." Is kind of what I came up with. I, like I said, it's a little bit kind of trolly and probably a little bit lame, definitely compared to yours, Brath. But I think it'd be really amazing in classic for just for thirty seconds with a five minute cooldown that you could like listen in on what people were saying. Like you could be you could be out you know outside of uh, like here I'm like a gnome uh, gnome rogue. It'd be really cool to stand outside the gates of uh, of Ogremar, watching these people dueling each other. And you could like listen in, you know, for thirty seconds and see what they're saying and how they're reacting. Maybe you go in there and you gank them a few times, and you can you can you can hear some of their yells. See if anybody even cares what you're doing, um, or maybe they're coordinating. Like, oh, I, I heard he was in the mage tower. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. I think it'd be really cool. Right, so, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be cool to have. See, that's another item I think they kind of missed on was like the orb of deception. Why not have mm -hmm. it where you could when you transform into the opposing faction? Why not just have it where they you could hear and understand them? So I like that idea actually. I really do because it's like uh, it's it's just like another item that they really kind of could have had and and already had the basis for, it, but they just kind of missed on it. You know, so I like that actually. Yeah, no, it was funny because you know I, I got the idea um, basically just from uh, theoretically you can speak to the opposing faction if you know like the special characters, uh, you know like different alphabets and stuff. Like you can theoretically in a in a weird broken English you can communicate with them, you know through yells. Like I always say like you know Hong Kong and stuff like that. But when I'm yelling and people like from the alliance they don't see Hong Kong they see some random letters <laughs> you know and 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 special characters mm -hmm. and i just think it would be really cool you don't not i mean if it was going to be like you know like like really toxic or whatever it would be 30 seconds you can listen in but also talk to them but i don't like that idea i just wanted to uh, have it where you could listen in and see what they're saying um, but i agree like you know the orb of deception was kind of a, a missed opportunity for something like that yeah um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm going to keep us moving along because we are an hour into the show. I had a good conversation so far. Uh, but Plant, you want me to take the next one? You go last? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I'm pretty I excited about this one. Yeah. I also did, a, 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 it's kind of a selfish item, to be honest with you. Um, but I also did a legendary trinket. And uh, I don't know shit about WoW lore. So I made it all up. <laughs> I don't know nothing. I like um, it. Yeah, yeah. So the, this item is called uh, the Spirit of Sariana. It's the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Athelos, the Divine Paladin, created from the <laughs> oh, love boy. and protection uh, from his love, Sariana. Okay, so this is a trinket, right? All right. So this is how you acquire this trinket. 
it's uh, a qualifying quest chain. So uh, at level 50, a paladin can start a new quest called Dreadmass. It is to kill 1,000 Dreadmass minions in Eastern Plaguelands to acquire a Lightfold, a unique item that has a mysterious glow. Upon attuning to Molten Core, you will be able to start the quest The Eye of Light, which you can combine the Eye of Divinity with the Lightfold to acquire the Eye of Light. So this would also make paladins want to get the Eye of Divinity from priests. Just, I don't know, I threw that in there, whatever. Um, Once you um, have the Eye of Light, uh, you can pick up the quest from the Divine Servant, a hidden figure within Molten Core. Qualifying The qualifying item to see this person is the Eye of Light. From there, you can pick up the quest, The Veiled Sea. Now, uh, head over to the Outer Sea, um, an island over, off the coast of Kalimdor in the Veiled Sea, act, to activate the, uh, the Eye of Light to show the dead charter, um, a ghostly ship to take you to the Veiled Island. Um, you can pay a charter from Desolus, 5,000 gold, to arrive on the island. And the undead ghostly guy that you see says this is a hefty fee to bring your friends. Um, it requires you to kill the ghost of Dreadmass. It's a 40-man raid boss, the unholy death knight who betrayed Athelos. He will only be summoned by showing your paladin eye of light on a level 60 mount. You must have you know, your full mount speed activated by use, while you're using this item. Slaying the ghost grants you the sword of the veiled, which can be put in its rightful place at Athelos's grave on Mount Hygel. This is where Mount Hygel would have been a thing in classic. Um, there's a grave up there. Um, the ghost of Athelos will appear and give you the next quest, which is called the Divine Attunement. Right? Now, to complete the Divine Attunement, this is quite a grind. Um, you have to be exalted with Hydroxian Waterlord, exalted with the Thorian Brotherhood, Zandalar Tribe, um, the Brood of Nazdormu from AQ, uh, Exalted with Darnassus, Ironforge, Stormwind, Silverwind Sentinels, Stormpike Guard, the League of Arathor, and a new rep called the Light of Aleron, the Holy Church of St. Sariana, the wife of Athelos. And there's tons of mini quests in there to become exalted. I'd imagine that you could add, you know, it's a really tough rep grind, probably one of the most tough, toughest rep grinds in the game. Um, and upon becoming exalted, you get new recipes, items, like a bag or whatever, stuff like that. Now, once you've uh, became attuned to all these different things, um, you can return to Mount Hygel to start the quest Justice of Sariana. Um, from there, you must kill Ragnaros, Ani, Nefarian, Hakar, um, uh, and you know other raid bosses like Seethun and Kelthazad all within one week. It has to be within like a single week of a lockout. It can't be over a longer period of time. There is a time crunch for this. Um, now, once you obtain all of their items, you attain their items, you know, uh, the blood of Nefarian, Anixia's eye, the heart of Ragnaros, Hakar's wings, the shell of Seethun, and the crown of Kel'Thuzad. To obtain these items, the quest paladin must be at the top of the threat table, minus bosses that don't use the mechanics. So these, for these items to drop on these bosses, you have to be the main tank, basically. Uh, you can see where I'm going with this item. Um, oh, boy. Now, once you've defeated all of these bosses, you can go back to Mount Hygel to summon the ghost of Athelos, the divine paladin. 
Combine these items into the Talisman of the Gods using three players. One player must have Thunder Fury, one must have ATS, and one must have the Eye of Light, which you've obtained before. And all three click the sword that you placed into to the ground before to summon Athlos previously. Now, like, like I said, you have to have Thunder Fury. Like somebody else has to have Thunder Fury and somebody else has to have ATS already um, for this to work. All three click the sword of the veiled and a 40 man raid boss, probably one of the toughest in the game and uh, is summoned, which is just the ghost of Athelos or whatever. And again, the paladin must be at the top of the threat table when he dies. Once defeated, Athelos will grant you the spirit of Sariana, a legendary classic trinket. Congratulations. You will feast in the halls of Ariana. Now to go over the stats of this trinket, because it's one of the hardest, I think, to get in the game, and it takes the whole length of Classic to get, it has the best stats. So, it's an item level 95. When you equip it, it increases your chances to block with attacks by with your shield by 12%, increases the block value of your shield by 50, increases your defense by 20, and increases your armor by 1,000. Um, also on equip, it increases your spell power by 100, and increases your spell damage against undead by up to 25. Those are its base stats. Now, chance on hit... Um, there is a proc that chances gives you a chance on hit with whatever weapon you're using. So blast your enemy with holy damage, dealing 250 holy damage and giving them a debuff called Holy Tribune, which increases your enemy's weakness by holy damage by 10% and stacks up to five times for 25 seconds and has an on-use thing, which has a 100% chance to taunt your target with a 20-second cooldown. So it effectively gives, it makes a paladin the main tank for a raid at the very end of Classic and replaces Warriors. Because <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, we were talking about how bad nice. it is for Thunder Fear and you're like, let's get rid of Warriors. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, taunt, the, the use on taunt thing is pretty big for me. <laughs> it's like you, get a, <laughs> you finally great. get a taunt <laughs> and then the, all the debuff and whatnot. Uh, yeah, so. that's, that's fantastic, dude. I love that item. Oh, that's very cool, very cool. Sounds like a, a fever dream you had or something. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I had this weird dream last night. And I, I died, and wow, and I had a wife there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I couldn't make up, a, make up a great, like, That was cool. I liked it. Okay, I'll take mine. Yeah, why not? I like it. Speaking of liking it, Plant, what's yours? Mine? All right, all right. So... I was kind of thinking about like refurbishing like old stuff. So like I'm picturing this coming out in like, you know, post phase six, everyone's already beat the game. We're just kind of looking to do something else. So I'd have you like go back through and collect all the drops on the bosses that are like guaranteed drops. So like head of Anixia, head of Navarian. So there's the Assyrian head, whatever, however you see that guy. Man, it's AQ20 guy. The Heart uh, from Akar, the Eye of Cthune, and the Phylactery of Kalthazad, right? They're all guaranteed drops. You can get all those. I think you can get them even if you've done the quest, right? I think you just wouldn't be able to accept the quest again. Either way, I think. You I think that's it. true, yep. Yeah, yeah. So you take all these items, right? And you bring them to whoever would be quest giver. I didn't actually look that hard into it. And uh, they say you need a way to like process them or whatever. So now you go and get the. Um, so you get a new quest to go and get uh, the essence of the pure flame from Ragnaros. That's like the same stuff you need for the Thunder Fury, I think, right? 
So we were going to like use this to like cook these ingredients. It's like three heads, a heart, an eye, and like the soul of Kalthazad. And you're going to like brew a potion out of this. And I had a lot of different ideas of like how you might do the potion, but I couldn't really come up with good stats for them. So I, had, I got an interesting idea that you'd actually just consume the potion one time use. And the only thing it gives you is one talent point. Oh. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Okay. I thought it was spicy. Called the uh, called the uh, potion of forbidden knowledge. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, like I so, really like, like so, that. if you like reset your talents, you'd always have an extra talent point going forward. Well, it's actually kind of crazy because currently, what? We, how many do we have right now? You get fifty-one, and a lot of the key yeah. talents like lie on like thirty-one or twenty-one, right? And then you'd only have like thirty or twenty points to put into another tree. But now you'd have that extra talent to get really key talents further into the tree, kind of thing. So it let you like hybridize between trees like way more. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. Kind of interesting, That's... right? Because then you wouldn't really be adding much to the game. Killing the same bosses, plus one talent point, and it'll change like everything. It's pretty good. That'd be that'd be really interesting. Kind of interesting, bro. No, I really like that. Uh, what was the what was the potion called again? The potion of forbidden knowledge. That's funny because like. You like alchemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you like alchemy. I was about to say something about that, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we play Minecraft sometimes, and you're a huge alchemy. You make all kinds of potions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's awesome. Now, I want to get uh, angry. Out of all four of these items, what item would you want the most? I would certainly go for the axe, man. Gorehow is, is a... Uh, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, man. Yeah, the yeah. lore. It's all about the lore. Uh and I've really, I really like the orc lore, right, so right. I would definitely be interested in, in getting that. All right, I got an alternative for you. What if, what if the highest ranked PvP person on each side had a war horn to call the, your side to war? How, how, what? <laughs> I didn't get that. The highest ranked person for your PvP in alliance would have a legendary war horn. Oh and, god! And, well, that would be it's, that was they, that's what they, I was thinking about. Actually, I was thinking about a PvP. Uh, like I wasn't thinking, wasn't thinking about a specific legendary, but I was thinking, why isn't there a, a legendary PvP? That would be cool to get. Like. So check this out. One thing, since you're bringing that up, uh, during some of the beta and everything for original World of Warcraft, there was talk of a rank 15 for PvP, but right. only one person per faction. Per side, right? So only one person in the alliance and only one person in the horde could have this rank fifteen at any time, and it would be called the protector of you know they would be the like protector of Stormwind or Ironforge or Dreadnought, depending if they were human, you know, Night Elf, Dwarf, whatever. So and then the same thing with the horde, right? And the ability that they talked about giving them was a teleport to major cities if you were yeah, this yeah, rank, right. so they could essentially be the kingdom defenders right so and, and that's why i wanted to mention that because it was just like you're talking about pvp items that was one of the things that they I, i'm that was the rank was actually put into the game okay because they that got data mined out and everything else and i think they originally released some information that was had rank 15 on it uh they eventually pulled it or whatever obviously but uh so that was going to be uh part of the game was this that uh, for being so high on PvP like that they were going to give you a uh, a teleport to the major cities in essence to help defend. So a mage would troll it and always be rank 15. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, in I classic mean, like, man, in in the original classic, um, shadow priests were just 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 ridiculous for PvP. I mean, it's no different now, really, but yeah. even more so then because you know lack of understanding of classes, you know, and then how things really you know went off uh, in the beginning. But if you had a skilled shadow priest back then, you were just you were untouchable in PvP. I think the Warhorn should, if like let's say you're getting ganked by a horde alliance, whatever you call your Warhorn, it automatically teleports everybody online on your faction to you to help fight. Well, okay, I, I was sort of what be, I was thinking. That would be a thought, really hard mechanic to. Oh uh, yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was a bit extreme, so I thought it would just like, like say, you know, your your war leader summons you to Felwood. You know what I mean? Would just say that. Well, think about how OP that would be. You could get on the, you could get on a zeppelin and just be like, or the boat, and then summon everybody as the boat's leaving, and everyone's in the water. (laughs) I mean, I I can see that being trolly. I think it would be cool if it had like a one month cooldown, something crazy. (laughs) That'd be awesome, actually. You know. Like so, you could be on the, like the boat, and you could summon people to you. Like, and it sums up to like I don't know, twenty players, and then it caps it. Nobody else can come, so people can just accept it and really quickly. That'd be kind of crazy, um, but that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think we did it again, guys. This is episode uh, three of Gankers Podcast. We're about an hour and fifteen minutes in, no big deal, a little overtime, but I think we had a good conversation. As always, guys, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being a part of everything we're creating here. And let us know your thoughts. Uh, you can find more info about us down in the description, our Twitter, all our different feeds. And you can kind of like give us your ideas about what legendaries you'd like to see. I'm really disappointed that um, Angry doesn't want me to get my trinket because he doesn't want me to be the main tank. But I get it. <laughs> it's okay. He maybe there's the something act. y'all want us to discuss. Drop us a line. Let us know what you would like to hear us talk about as well. Exactly. You know where to find us. You can find our Discord channel in the link in the link below as well to talk to us directly. And uh, we will catch you in the next episode of Canker's Podcast. Thanks everybody, and thanks, thanks guys. for being here. Thank you. Thank you.